With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Friends, slowly but surely, people are starting to think this through and see that prohibition is not a good thing. After all, when you do away with prohibition, do you find the Coors Light guy and the Miller Light guy having a shootout down at the corner over who's going to control that neighborhood? No, because you did away with the prohibition. Well, same thing with the insane war on drugs. And for those of you out there who go, well, what happens when you have all these exotic drugs and they start proliferating? You know what, my friends? The exotic drugs will dry up, disappear for the most part if you allow the sane versions out there and not have them criminalized like they are. But in the meantime, this is part of the problem with the insane war on drugs. Headline, Fresno Deputy Police Chief Arrested on Federal Drug Charges Linked to trafficking ring that sold oxycodone, heroin, and marijuana. The AP reports last Friday, Dateline, Fresno, California, that Fresno's deputy police chief was among four people arrested on federal drug charges, including conspiracy to distribute oxycodone and heroin, authorities said Thursday. Deputy Police Chief Foster, age 51, was arrested for conspiracy to distribute and or possess with the intent to distribute oxycodone, heroin, and marijuana, the FBI said in a statement. Foster and Fresno residents, Raphael Guzman, Jennifer Dunnan, and Randy Flowers were arrested as a result of a year-long joint investigation. That's rather interesting joint investigation and arresting for marijuana. Hmm, I wonder who thought up that brilliant line there. But anyway, by the FBI and ATF that involved wiretaps and surveillance, the FBI said. Foster, a 29-year veteran of the Fresno Police Department, oversaw patrol operations for the department's four police districts. He's been deputy chief since January of 07. Foster has been put on paid administrative leave, in other words, a paid vacation, while the Fresno police conduct an internal investigation into alleged criminal and policy violations, the Fresno Police Department said in a statement. Now, you know what the policy violations are, my friends? He got caught. He didn't pay up. You see, there's the policy violations. As I have shown over and over and over again, the biggest drug cartel in the United States is represented by the thin blue line gang. 
They are the ones that are controlling a huge amount of the drug trade in this country. And if you think I'm joking, well, go look up the very old but not very outdated article, Seven Ways to Make Your Neighborhood Safer. It's still available on the Internet. Bring up Bing and type into the search bar, Seven Ways to Make Your Neighborhood Safer, and it will come up. It's 15 years old article, but it is not out of date. Anyway, back to this here. Affidavit by the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, Special Agent Sherry L. Reynolds shows Foster told Flowers in a December 23, 2014 phone call that he had 100 of those things for Flowers. Then Foster picked up a prescription for 100 oxycodone tablets at a Rite Aid pharmacy drive-thru and then drove his black BMW to Flowers' home on West Church Avenue in a pocket of southwest Fresno just outside city limits. Foster picked up another prescription of oxycodone pills on January 27th and then drove to Flowers' home. Flowers has a criminal history in Fresno County that includes a 1988 conviction for possession of cocaine base for sale, a 1994 conviction for being a felon and addict in possession of a firearm, and a 2010 conviction for delivery of Schedule II controlled substance from Marion County, Oregon, the affidavit says. Neither the FBI nor the Fresno Police could provide the name of a defense attorney to comment on the charges. Okay, that's number one. Now, back-to-back, as I said, related. DEA had sex parties with prostitutes hired by the drug cartels. Mm -hmm. The Washington Post tells us that the DEA agents allegedly had sex parties with prostitutes hired by local drug cartels overseas for a period of several years, according to a report released Thursday by the Justice Department watchdog. The report does not specify the country where the parties occurred, but a law enforcement official familiar with the matter identified it as, are you surprised, Colombia? No, please tell me you're not surprised. I'm not surprised. Seven of the Ten DEA agents alleged to have participated in the gatherings, which took place at, quote, quarters leased by the U.S. government. Well, they admitted to having attended the parties, the report found. They received, are you ready for this? They received, I'm telling you, this was a really, really harsh punishment. I mean, brace yourselves, here we come. They received suspensions between two, that's more than one, but less than three, two and ten days. That was their suspension. That was their punishment. Two to ten day suspension. Former police officers in Colombia also alleged that Three DEA supervisor special agents were provided money, expensive gifts, and weapons from drug cartel members. Quote, although some of the DEA agents 
participating in these parties denied it. The information in the case file suggested that they should have known the prostitutes in attendance were paid with cartel funds. That's according to the 131-page report by the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz. The Inspector General conducted its investigation in response to congressional inquiries after allegations arose about the conduct of Secret Service and Drug Enforcement Agencies in the 2012 prostitution scandal in Cardenena, Colombia, during a trip there by B.O. In April 2012, one Secret Service advance agent implicated in the prostitution scandal told investigators that he met with a prostitute as a result of an informal party that DEA agents hosted with Columbia women, according to officials briefed on the probe. You see, one group was involved, so it indicted another group, my friends. You know, the corruption knows no bounds. And what's it being paid for with? Drug money. Again, read that article. Seven ways to make your neighborhood safer, my friends. Also remember how I told you how the DEA is really upset with these states like Colorado, Washington, and now Oregon, and others that are decriminalizing marijuana and what's their problem what's their concern well the marijuana cartels are upset over it my friends and we can't have the marijuana cartels upset over that because it's cutting into their business yeah okay my friends anyway the article goes on and on and on, and like I said, we've already seen the harsh level of discipline against these people here. You know, two to ten day suspension. I'm just not sure how they're going to be able to function any longer after such a harsh and onerous sentence upon Yes, my friends, that's sarcasm. Okay, now, for years, my friends, I've been telling you and railing about the evils of the war, insane war on drugs, and how one of its main components that's grown out of the insane war on drugs is asset forfeiture. Well, I have some good news on that front. Yes, New Mexico's legislature reforms asset forfeiture to require actual guilt. The bill also shifts money seized to the general fund and away from law enforcement. See, that's one of the seven ways to make your neighborhood safer is to get these funds out of the law enforcement and so they, they can't use it as a means of graft, you see. Well, over the weekend, that is this last weekend, my friends, New Mexico's legislators push forward with what appears to be some significant asset forfeiture reform. The state Senate voted are you ready for this? 37 to 0 on Saturday to eliminate the 
civil version of asset forfeiture that allows law enforcement agencies to take the money of pro- and property of citizens accused of criminal behavior. The state will still have an asset forfeiture system, but these changes will require citizens to be convicted of crimes in order for the state to lay claim to their stuff. The legislation, House Bill 560, would also require property from asset forfeiture to be auctioned off and any funds collected from the process to go to the state's general fund. Now, that's a distinction that is just as important. Why? Well, not only would it curtail the incentives for law enforcement agencies to find reasons to search and seize money and property from citizens, it also keeps law enforcement agencies, as I've told you before, from turning to the Department of Justice Federal Equitable Sharing Program, Asset Forfeiture Fund. I've told you about the ESPAFF before, my friends, that bypasses state regulation. The the Department of Justice program, the ESPAFF program, allows law enforcement agencies to partner up with the federal government for police activities. The federal government then adopts, huge air quotes there, adopts the bus, seizes the assets, and then directs money back to the law enforcement agencies. Billions of dollars, billions of dollars have been transferred to law enforcement agencies across the country through this process, allowing police to bypass attempts to restrict seizures, because many states have, including New Mexico here. Well, because HB 560 would forbid law enforcement agencies from having or keeping forfeited assets, And at one point in the 37-page bill, it just bluntly says, quote, a law enforcement agency shall not retain forfeited or abandoned property, end quote. Well, no New Mexican agencies will be able to participate in the Department of Justice's program. Quote, part of the reason this bill was put together was, in fact, to close that loophole says Micah McCoy, Communications Director of the ACLU chapter in New Mexico. New Mexico has already banned civil forfeiture, but local agencies were using the federal program to continue seizing assets with the help of the federal government and keeping the money and property. The Santa Fe New Mexican described how the process played out in a case from 2010. Here's how it went. In 2010, a 60-year-old black man and his son Uh, set off from Chicago to Las Vegas, Nevada, to visit another relative. The mapping system on their rented car directed them to Las Vegas, New Mexico instead. So, coming through Raton, they were stopped by New Mexico State Police for speeding. The man gave officers permission to search his car, in which they found 17 grand in cash that he and his son were carrying to help pay for the trip and for renovations to the relative's new home. According to court documents, before releasing the pair, one officer warned, quote, this isn't over yet, end quote. When the man asked what he meant, the officer said, 
you'll see, sure enough, Albuquerque police later pulled them over for a minor traffic violation, but an official from the Department of Homeland Security showed up, seized the cash, impounded the rental car, and dropped the man and his son at the airport with nothing but a jar of coins they were planning to use in the slot machines in Las Vegas. Well, the ACLU helped them get their money back, and this legislation would eliminate future tricks like this one. Quote, this basically ends civil forfeiture in New Mexico, and now we'll only have criminal forfeiture, McCoy said. But even though it passed with absolutely no opposition in the House and Senate, it still needs the governor's signature. They're hoping Republican Governor Susana Martinez will sign the bill, despite the lobbying against it from law enforcement sources. McKay is hopeful, though. He's not sure that Martinez is likely to do so. Quote, I think it's telling that it passed unanimously out of both houses. This is a true bipartisan bill. The practice is so grossly unfair that people across the board voted for it, end quote. That's what McKay from the ACLU said. We'll see, my friends. Okay, links of interest. I have 15 of them for you this week, my friends. First up, this article actually exposes part of the reason for Bill Clinton to sign the federal version of what Indiana passed last week. And when Billy signed the RFRA, it was hailed as such a wonderful thing. But when states like Indiana, which is just one of many to have adopted state-sponsored RFRAs, well, when they do it, it's bad. Why? Because it's an anti-gay religious freedom act. But you know what it's doing? It's doing exactly what Bill Clinton's bill was meant to do. Open the door for Church of Cannabis, Church of Peyote, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, and all these other things, because that's exactly what it was originally designed to do from Bill Clinton. And like I say, when Bill Clinton did it, oh, it was wonderful. It was, it was awesome. And people like George Takai thought it was just absolutely wonderful. But when states do it and they adopt it, lift it word for word and make it state law, all of a sudden they're racist, they're bigot, they're homophobic. How dare they do that? Could it be because people like George Takai and others know damn good and well that the federal government isn't going to enforce all the provisions of the RFRA, but only the ones they like, which has proven to be the point since it passed, but states might decide to do all of them? Read the article. You'll understand. Number 14. It's a story from last year, but for all those who are saying the time has come, you know, the time has come for a woman president, well, here's someone who would probably make a pretty good one. It's a story about Carla Forini, you know, the uh, former CEO of Hewlett-Packard. She might make a good one. Like I said, read the article and read, make up your own mind. Number 13, high school dance team got 
canceled as offensive. You know what the theme was? An American theme. No, because it was an American patriotic theme. It was offensive. So that's why the dance had to be canceled. Number 12, chuckle, snort. But, 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 but she really did have him as a follower. Mm-hmm. Woman sent to a mental hospital saying she had President Obama follows her on Twitter. She eventually showed that she actually did have P.O. following her on Twitter. <laughs> Number 11, when I first read the headline of this story, I was like, WTF? Then I read the story and, well, you read it. See what you think. Tennessee wants immigrants to serve as police officers. Yeah, exactly. Read it, my friends. Like I said, WTF, read it. Number 10, I have no words. It's just very disturbing. Bill Clinton in a dress, as the headline reads here, isn't the most disturbing part of this pro-Hillary ad. Like I said, I have no words. Number nine, is it a case of open mouth, insert foot, or does he have a point? I'm not going to tell you what I think, except to plant the, that very seed in your mind and get you to apply some critical thinking skills to the Arkansas Republican congressman who wants low-income women to have fewer children. Read it and apply some critical thinking skills, my friends. Six through eight. First, not only are the deportations declining, but the apprehensions have declined with many INS, ICE, and Border Patrol people instructed and told that when it comes, and, and told that it comes directly from the White House, that they are merely to wave to them and point them back south, and if they refuse to do nothing, well, the headline, deportations have declined more than 40% in the last five months. Related? By the way, ICE just released thousands more violent criminal illegal aliens onto America's streets. And finally, this Obama meme says it all when it comes to Obama's stance on the borders. Number five, nothing like having someone who was, who's been there, done that, to refute someone who is not. Snoop Dogg slams Reagan... Juan Williams comes back with a scathing response. Number four, uh, well, we talked about Tom Cotton and his letter to the uh, Iranians. Well, he's being viewed now as the tragic hero, and despite the value of his open letter, he will become Obama's scapegoat when the Iran negotiations inevitably fail. Just watch. Number three, the very first time B.O. submits a budget to Congress, as per the law, well, this is what happened. Senate votes against Obama's budget, 98 to 1. Yeah. And number two, now that the DOJ has announced that they're dropping their persecution efforts, Zimmerman speaks out. Here's the link for the article in the interview, my friends. And finally, number one link of interest this is what our children are being subjected to. Of course, the school and those associated with the school are claiming this is a setup 
they've been set up, and that the dean didn't really know what he was agreeing to when this Ivy League university was caught on camera saying that ISIS was welcome on campus for training and recruitment and, and other such activities. Yeah, he's caught on camera saying all this, but he, he, he was being ambushed. He didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, then why is he the dean? This is what our children are being subjected to, my friends. Yeah. Okay, critical thinking segment. I think we've got just enough time for this here, my friends. An editorial as printed in a British newspaper. Excuse me, letter to the editor, not editorial. Letter to the editor in a British newspaper. Give us our own space. If I come across as a person extreme in my views, I do apologize, but I think it's time. We as Muslims living in the United Kingdom should be given our own area where we can live and support ourselves. These areas should not be governed by the local authority. They should be controlled by local Muslim people. This should include policing and justice systems, and the strict rule of Islam should prevail in these areas. I think we should also be able to educate our young people in things important to our community and not about kings and queens, long since dead, and the Industrial Revolution, etc. This has no relevance to British children, let alone children from other faiths. faiths excuse me. I feel all this would be a good thing and help Muslim people a great deal. Signed, Jadina Kazim from Broad Street, Swindon. My, how far the British Empire has fallen, my friend. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. When we come back, we'll have the Roy School of Gorilla Law Fair.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, Amroy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor, and still all-around pain in the rear end of bureaucrats and petty thugs. Why? Because I do things like this, my friends. This is the time for the Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare. That's L-A-W for Learn and Win Through a Better Education. They really hate that, my friends. I cannot begin to tell you how much the East establishment out there really hates this because, well, what do we do? We turn off the instant messages, we turn off the phones, and we just focus on a particular subject that is really important as far as your rights, responsibilities, your livelihoods, etc. are concerned, Um, many different topics and subjects, but the whole point is that it details, it it's things that rise to the level that's worthy enough to spend a whole half hour, sometimes a little less, but generally this very last section of the show of discussion. Now, remember when I did the LAW Law School segment on how the CIA invented the term conspiracy theorist? Remember when I did that? It wasn't that long ago, my friends. This is, well, a follow-up of sorts on that. It was not meant to be a follow-up on that, but I'm using it as a follow-up on that. Jesse Walker 
pens a very, very good editorial poem that's entitled, What We Mean When We Say Conspiracy Theory, The Assumptions Baked into a Familiar Phrase. Now, I read that headline, and I went, ooh, this sounds interesting. And then I got deeper and deeper into it and saw how it tied a whole bunch of things into nice, easy-to-understand and relate-to aspects. I went, this, I was actually meaning to do this last week, but things got out of control. I had a crash on my computer and got out of control, and I panicked and cut it out because I thought I wasn't going to have enough time. So, he writes and says, what exactly do we mean by the phrase conspiracy theory? The problem is vexing enough. Academic literature where scholars have made countless attempts to formulate a firm definition, none of which has managed to push its rival definitions off the stage. In everyday usage, the term is even more slippery. Its meaning constantly stretches and narrows, particularly when it's used as a pejorative. What follows is more impressionistic than systematic, not a complete study of the way the words conspiracy theory are used, but some observations about the way it bends to include or not include certain stories and a hypothesis about why that might be so. Now, already, my friends, just from the opening paragraph there, I was thinking back to that story on the CIA creating the term conspiracy theorist and exactly what he's talking about here, the pejorative nature of it, the stretching and redefining constantly, and of course, especially when it's used as, uh, you know, a, a pejorative, as a, as a slam, right? Well, he goes and shows how it's used here in, in a few examples. And see here, it, it sort of raises the curtain, my friends, if you will, on some of the backstories out there. Let's begin with the great vaccine debate of February 2015. That month, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, and White House Press Secretary Joss Ernest all suggested, to one degree or another, that when it comes to childhood vaccines, public health should be balanced with parental choice. Christie, who we'll focus on here, called vaccinations, quote, an important part of being able to, sh- of being sure we protect children's health but added that, quote, parents need to have some measure of choice in things as well, end quote. Well, Christie's opponents immediately started digging for anything else he might have said on the subject, and they found he had a history of 
courting voters who believe there might be a casual link between vaccines and autism. For example, in 2009, he put his signature on a letter that said, I have met with families affected by autism from across the state and have been struck by their incredible grace and courage. Many of these families have expressed their concern over New Jersey's highest-in-the-nation vaccine mandate. I stand with them now and will stand with them as their governor in their fight for greater parental involvement in vaccination decisions that affect their children. Well, prominent liberal website, Think Progress, reported this news under the headline, Chris Christie's long flirtation with anti-vaccine conspiracy theory. Another, the Daily Cost, used the title. In 2009, Chris Christie sent letter endorsing anti-vaxxer conspiracy theory. While watching discussions of the story on social media, you would have repeatedly saw the phrase conspiracy theory attached to Christie's claims, yet none of Christie's comments invoked the conspiracy. Perhaps the slippage is understandable in this case. After all, many people who believe these claims, the author here says discredited claims, I'm not using that term here, but many people who believe these claims about vaccines also believe there is a conspiracy to conceal the shots, and he says supposed, we've documented that there's not supposed ill effects, there are ill effects. But the idea of a vaccine-autism connection is not innately conspiratorial, and the attempts that this author has seemed to argue otherwise fall flat. An article in Salon, for instance, claimed that anti-vaxxers, quote, are at their core conspiracy theorists, end quote, because they must, quote, believe that all major health organizations in the world are colluding to cover up the supposed dangers of vaccines, end quote. But, of course, there's no reason to assume a vaccine skeptic is actually aware of how strong this scientific consensus on the question is, indeed, when powerful figures like Christie and the year before Christie wrote that letter, Barack Obama, John McCain, and Hillary Clinton throw phrases around like, the science right now is inconclusive, end quote. That creates the illusion, not of a conspiracy, but of an open question. Again, my friends, this article just keeps... If you read and remember what I went over a while ago about the CIA creating this term, it just falls right into it. And, of course, we also now have the open proof of the conspiracy fact of science colluding together to create the global climate change hoax. So... If we have that, and we also have the CDC admitting to uh, links to autism and other problems with vaccines, now, of course, we go, 
the government would ever lie to us, would they? Yeah. Well, back to this article. A year before the vaccine debate flared up the phrase conspiracy theory, it was invoked in an even odder context. At one moment during CNN's heavy coverage of the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, host Don Lemon mentioned that some people had suggested the plane had been swallowed by a black hole, an idea he categorized, quote, with all those conspiracy theories, end quote. As with the supposed vaccination autism link, there has been a conspiracy theory about the missing airplane, but this surely was not one of them since a black hole is not a secret plot. Yet Lemon wasn't the only person to make that category error. A video at the Daily Beast, for example, claimed to list the, quote, kookiest conspiracy theories about the plane. It did indeed list a lot of conspiracy theories, but it also included the black hole, along with the idea that the plane had been hit by a meteor. No, not a meteor controlled by a conspiracy, and the notion that it had landed on an isolated island. Well, another recent example. In 2014, Technology Review published an article headlining, quote, Data mining reveals how conspiracy theories emerge on Facebook, end quote. I shared with you, my friends, that information, as you may recall. This article, as you may recall, covered an interesting piece of research from Italy where a quintet of scholars were observing how a large sample of Facebook users engaged with different sorts of stories. One of the tales the team looked at was a satiric piece claiming the country had passed a bill giving legislators 130 billion euros, quote, to find a job in case of defeat, end quote. Now, many readers had mistaken this spoof as an actual news report, and thousands of people signed a petition against the imaginary law. The Technology Review article led with this tale which it used to argue that, quote, conspiracy theories seem to come about by a process in which ordinary satirical commentary or obviously false content somehow jump the credulity barrier, end quote. Well, duh, look how we got Obama in the White House for crying out loud. I mean, you know, for exactly, you see. It jumped the credulity barrier with so many people. Well, yet again, see the term being applied in a very strange way. The rumor involved a bill supposedly passed in public by the Italian Senate, not a secret plan hatched by a hidden cabal, nor did the original group of scholars claim it was a conspiracy theory. Their concern was with the transmission of false stories, whether or not they involved secret plotting. The word conspiracy and its variant appear only four times in their study, this study that the quintet of Italian researchers did. But for the technology review writer, false 
story and conspiracy theory apparently were synonyms. So, on the one hand, there is this habit of using the phrase conspiracy theory to describe the dubious claims that do not actually include conspiracies. Couple that now with another trend, the tendency not to use the phrase conspiracy theory to describe conspiracy theories embraced by the lamestream media. Now, when we say embraced by the lamestream media, we're not referring to beliefs that are widely held but still somewhat disreputable, you know, like some of the JFK assassination theories, some of them. And nor do we mean events such as Watergate or Iran-Contra, where a conspiracy clearly took place. Things like these. Terrorism. Real terrorist conspiracies obviously do exist. But recent history is also filled with purported plots that fail to materialize. Furthermore, when terror plots do occur, people often assume they're part of a larger organized effort, even when the evidence for such centralization is scarce. In the wake of 9-11, for example, the White House reportedly pushed the FBI to prove that al-Qaeda was responsible for the anthrax mailing. And where there really is a larger organized effort, there's a tendency to imagine it in ways that have more in common with paranoid pulp fiction than with asymmetric warfare as it's conducted in the real world. Consider this November 2001 report in The Independent, which purported to describe Osama bin Laden's Bora Bora base. Ready? This is what they said. It had its own ventilation system and its own power created by a hydroelectric generator. Its walls and floors in the rooms are smooth and finished, and it extends 350 yards beneath a solid mountain. It is so well defended and concealed that, short of poison gas or a tactical nuclear weapon. It is immune to outside attack, and it is filled with heavily armored, heavily armed followers of Osama bin Laden with a suicidal commitment to their cause and with nothing left to lose. Yesterday, for the first time, a witness spoke about one of the greatest remaining challenges for the effort to destroy al-Qaeda, its underground cave complex in the Bora Bora area of the White Mountains of eastern Afghanistan. He described a purpose-built guerrilla lair in and around which as many as 2,000 Arab and foreign fighters and remnants of the Taliban are reported to be preparing for a guerrilla battle. Well, the story was picked up by outlets across the U.S. and another British paper, the London Times, ran this imaginative illustration of Bin Laden's bond of villain-like lair. And I've got a copy of the picture here in the show here, my friend. A Bin Laden mountain fortress. And 
It's a cutaway of the mountain showing ventilation shafts and hydroelectric power from mountain streams and caves cut deep in the mountains and um, uh, light and power lighting, etc. Arms and ammunition bunkers, uh, including Stinger missiles and such. And the main entrance, a 50-foot tunnel wide enough for a car and exits hidden behind rocks and mud walls and such. And, of course, the reports, the most ludicrous, about bin Laden moving around the area on horseback being seen and such. Well, the vision received, of course, an official endorsement of sorts when it was mentioned on Meet the Press. Oh, the Times Diagram, Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld declared. There's not one of those. There are many of those. Remember when he said that? American forces arrived at Osama's actual base. They found the independent report was a fantasy. Something better suited for a, a legend about Hassana Asaba than a realistic assessment of bin Laden's methods and capabilities, yet the incident is rarely raised during discussions of conspiracy thinking. Next point. Oh, boy. I, I might have to split this into two weeks. I'm looking at the clock here, my friends, and I might have to do that, but let's see how far we get into the next point. Gang. His 1990 book on random violence, the sociologist Joel Best explained how criminal gangs are typically imagined in contemporary America. They are, quote, secretive. They are large and spreading. Their business is calculated, deliberate, and structured, dealing in drugs, violence, and other crimes. They form great, powerful hierarchies through super gang alliances, and their members have a rich, secretive culture of colors, gang signs, and initiation rites. There are obvious similarities between this image and many additional conspiracy theories, and indeed, Mr. Best goes on to explore those parallels. But ordinary discussions of conspiracy theories rarely cite such tales of tightly organized super gangs, even though they are surely among the most popular and influential conspiracy theories stories in the U.S. today. As with terrorism, there are multiple layers here. First, there are the times people see a gang where one doesn't exist. This typically happens when reporters or officials encounter an unfamiliar subculture. A recent example would be the FBI's 2011 decision to include, get this, the Juggalos, that is, the fans of the band, Insane Clown Posse. And where'd they include them? in their national gang threat assessment. The second layer comes when a decentralized criminal network is perceived as a centralized criminal hierarchy. You know, much of the rhetoric around human trafficking follows that pattern. And the third layer, again, 
is the tendency to inflame these stories with imagery out of Pulp Fiction. You see, that Pulp Fiction imagery is also common with human trafficking, unsurprisingly, given the long tradition of white slave stories that the storyteller has to draw on. With street gangs, the pulpy notations often kick in with stories that do not come from official sources, though occasionally a policeman or politician will gullibly repeat them, but they are passed around as urban legends. For example, this email circulated online in 2005. Gang initiation weekend. Please read. Very important. Police officers working with D.A.R.E. program have issued this warning. Remember, this is an email. If you are driving after dark and see an oncoming car with headlights on, with no headlights on, excuse me, do not flash your lights at them. This is a common blood gang member initiation game, and it goes like this. The new gang member under initiation comes along with no headlights, and the first car to flash their headlights at him is now his target. He is now required to turn around and chase that car, then shoot and kill every individual in the vehicle in order to complete his initiation requirements. Police departments, the email went, goes on, across the nation are being warned. Look, you heard it, my friends. So here's this thing. Well, needless to say, the warning did not originally originate with the D.A.R.E. program. And needless to say, that weekend came and went without a bloody mass initiation into a secret society. Well, that didn't keep the rumor from taking off again a few years later, and indeed, Different incarnations of the story have been circulating since the 1980s, if not earlier. You see, my my friend, the next thing that goes into is cults and other things, and then he wraps things up rather nicely. And when you read and understand this whole thing, all of a sudden you should be getting a really good idea of why I say often on this show that we do not deal with conspiracy theories. We deal in conspiracy fact. Because it is a fact that there are a great deal of conspiracies out there. And the conspiracy, the real conspiracy, is the ignoring of the conspiracy, if you follow my drift there, my friend. The conspiracy to prevent people from telling what really happens and to ignore them when they finally do get to say what's going on. For example, the conspiracy of 97% of scientists on board that were having global climate change. And then we find out, when we read their emails, how they conspired together to create that false image. And we're still supposed to believe them. And the conspiracy, of course, is when anyone brings that up, you're just a kook and a nut, because after all, we've got to do something right. You're listening to The Net Concludes, this edition of the Constitutional Crusaders show. My friends, until next week, unless the creek rises or they come and take me away again, my fellow Americans, keep your power.
powder dry. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? 
don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Hey, it's good to be back, and I'm right here in You know what? It's uh, it's not almost time for bedtime here, and the sun is still shining too. So, you know, and that doesn't irritate me. The sun is where it's supposed to be, and praise God, we're in God's country. But yeah, but you're not saving any sunshine. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And uh, but you know, I, I sit there and brag about the state of Arizona, but Jason, man, your state took some good steps this uh, this month. Uh, your governor, I, I don't know, man. Your governor seems to uh, seems to have stepped up on this new religious law. We'll talk about that in the first half of the show. Um, <clears throat> now, what is your governor's name? I I I I can't. I don't even have it written in front of me. Vote for him. <laughs> you don't even know either. The governor of Indiana, we don't know. Agree with me that they 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's an emergency. So uh, definitely give them the gospel. They could go around telling everybody, you know what, they refuse to be served. Why is this not happening with the sodomites? Why yeah, well, there's... Say, well, you know what, then we're not going to make... Yeah, there's... It, it, it really is. It's, well, there's an agenda here. Obviously, the only reason why this law is controversial is the timing, number one, because if we've got 20 states that already have it, plus, you know, you have uh, some sort of uh, uh, legislation that Bill Clinton himself signed, a liberal for, for all that, you know, for all we know. Um, <clears throat> the issue is the timing and an agenda. It opposes the homosexual agenda. There's no one else that's worried here. This is not a racism thing, even though there are people that are saying, yeah, blacks and whites are going get, to start getting uh, uh, discriminated against. It has nothing that's to do with course. that. This they is, always pull that card. Yeah. What are you going to do? Say, no, we won't serve women. Right. Now, it's not that. It's about the sodomites. So the timing is what's really making this a controversial thing. Now, I noticed something. I was looking on... Uh, um, uh, MLB.com. I was looking at uh, Chase Field's rules uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks and found out that uh, Homeland Security has uh, helped push uh, a new um, <clears throat> new mandate for Major League Baseball where all stadiums now across the country are going to have uh, metal detectors. And uh, it surprised me because Chase Field doesn't have any metal detectors. They, they do walk past a guy and they'll if you have a purse, they'll take a look in your purse. But for the most part, they really don't bother you if you've got a cooler. So, and I was reading the questions and answers or the F FAQs on, the, uh, uh, on the, the website, and they said this. Um, <clears throat> at the bottom, they said, will I be allowed to carry my concealed weapon if I have a permit? And the answer was, no, uh, we want this to be a gun-free zone. Uh, police officers will be allowed to carry law enforcement, federal and local, and so on and so forth. Then the last question, this was very interesting with Chase Field. Uh, the last question on there was, are you going to violate my constitutional rights by not allowing me to carry my firearm? Very interesting the way they worded it, Jason. Very interesting the way they worded it. And this is how they replied. They said, we do recognize your constitutional right, but uh, Chase Field is privately owned. And as such, this is what they said, as such, we reserve the right to refuse uh, you to carry a weapon inside our stadium, to which they're saying, so basically watch the game on TV. This isn't, this isn't an agenda. We're not trying to attack you. It's our stadium, and therefore we've chosen no guns are allowed. Now, I know that may bother some people, but the fact is we have restaurants in our town that do not allow guns, so I don't patronize their store. That's it. That's as simple as that. So I don't understand why we can't, or at least the sodomite agenda, cannot see that same rationale. But the reason why is because they are people full of hatred. They have no common sense. And they, their attitude is you will accept us 
or die. You, you don't have a right to have a gun. You don't have a right to do this and that and that, but you have to accept us. You know, you have to let us in. And if you don't let us in, then we're going to kill you. And I mean that. That is exactly their mindset. This is not bad for business either. I was uh, Today, Jason, um, I was watching the news. All these different news sites are all saying this is going to be bad for business, bad for business. How in the world is this bad for business? Um, they actually printed out signs, the sodomites, for the businesses that will be all-inclusive. And the sign said, we serve everyone. So these businesses that are quote-unquote all-inclusive, they're going to put the sign on the window, and the sodomites are going to go, oh, we're shopping there. And the liberals are going to say, I'm shopping there. Meanwhile, the guy that doesn't put the sign up, they're going to get the same treatment that Chick-fil-A got. You and I are going to shop there. Nobody's losing business. Uh, mandate some sort of church attendance. Uh, that you it can't would. do that. Uh, and it so would. with the sodomites, 
yes, it would. Yeah. Because totally this is what we fought a revolution over, guys. And if, if you don't think so, you might want to take a look at your history a little bit more, or a little, a little bit closer, because um, religious liberty was a big issue, and uh, force, uh, forcing church attendance—that's Roman Catholic and that's Protestant. Roman Catholic and Protestant. Oh, sure, no doubt about it. Right. He said, probably we should be debating. Yeah. I'm saying that in response to the bill. Uh, well, you can't make a flippant comment anymore in public. Not as Looking at what she said, and uh, she was just saying they forget. Well, here's the, here's the thing, though. For a bill, it's not going to come out with it. Yeah, exactly. But here's the problem. That comment comes right about the time of this Indiana religious law, and so yeah. the Sodomites are using her as kind of a uh, uh, poster child here, saying, see, that's the same reasoning. They're saying Mike Pence is that's trying to pass something. Yes. <laughs> you know. All conservatives are this way. Yeah, and, and that's not the case at all. This The bill... Uh, that Mike Pence, or the law that Mike Pence signed into uh, um, into being, is is not intolerant. It it really isn't. I mean, it's not intolerant by my standards, that's for sure, or Frank's standard. I mean, Frank said, "Hey, man, I, I'd refuse service to a homosexual if they went into the emergency room." That's why he doesn't work in an emergency room. But anyways, you know, hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if he did, you know what? I would almost stand up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt, but Mike Pence did not do that. He did not sign something like that at all. I mean, he signed something that's old, it's not It's not something new, and he's just reinforcing what should already be there. So we have to say kudos to Mike Pence. Why it yeah. takes so long, I don't know. Maybe because we already assumed that that was the case in the state of Indiana. Hey, all right, now... Right. Because it's my religious preference to not, not to be allowed to do that because that yeah. violates the right. Uh, right. But anyway, um, the fact <laughs> is that people should if they're weird, and this is our entire lives.
always done this, tried to use government as a bludgeon to hurt those who would make them feel bad about the choices. Now, what all of this boils down to, all of this boils down to, oh, what they're doing is wrong and want the rest of society to not only validate them, that is about as childish of a as me being a Baptist, I don't give a rip what anybody thinks that I'm a Everybody should why? What inherent right do you have to be reprehensible? Probably better way if you do have a in there health support who I have never seen before I think you're not 
you're, you're not going to do business with us, you know. So look who's not actually doing business. That, to me, that's the height of hypocrisy. So you guys really are the ones that are intolerant. Uh, anyways. There's a huge difference. Always. I reserve the on him. Yep. But uh, no, it's not. You know. Uh, okay. Um, there are several, and I know we're running out of time in the first half. But yeah, okay, pornography is a big issue. That's one of the big contributors to this. The feminist movement is a big contributor to sodomy, obviously. Big contributor. Uh, molestation, that's a big contributor. But there's another contributor that we'll have to deal with in the second half. Alright, folks, this is the contender. soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once at home, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 65851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 225 4659. That's 541 225 4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Okay. No, by the theaters of Lebanon with the Library right. of Alexandria behind the desk. Yeah, okay. So uh, LP was here just a couple weeks ago. So he so knows. That. He was here. He saw all of it. And uh, so there. LP was Lebanon. there? Yes, oh, LP was awesome. here. He lives, in, he lives here, and he's never even been up to our church as far as I know. I know. I know. Uh, that, but, but that's because... You know, you've been relegated to guest host if you'd be oh, here more often on the air. <laughs> Anyways, uh, folks, you can contact me, pastor at pacefirstbaptistchurch.net. That's pastor at pacefirstbaptistchurch.net. And you can, hey, and you can contact me at pastor Facebook. Uh, sure. And you can also call him. Here's his number. Hold on a second. That's right. It's uh, 928-474-3. Thank you very much. (laughs) Hey, um, no, before we get to the topic of the second half. Info. Uh, We won't let the info thing on that. But lordshipchurches.info. I just put up a couple of blog posts on there this weekend. Um, And also... We very shortly will have up the banner that will tell about the meeting in uh, June here at Cornerstone in Thorpe. Uh, that's June 8th through the 11th, and so you'll go ahead. Uh, you want to go ahead and clear your calendars for that. 11th, um, you'll want to contact me or. Lordshipchurches.info. And soon we'll probably uh, perfect, perfect. Well, great. And uh, I'm going to try to get out there. Let's see what uh, the Lord might allow. But uh, uh, I'd encourage folks to try to get to that conference if you can. And uh, if you've got a pastor that's looking into the issue of the church being under the lordship of Jesus Christ, as opposed to the state, I encourage you to be a part of these meetings, or at least get him to go. Pay his way. All right, <clears throat> into my church folks. Pay his way, and uh, you know um, he gets some good information. I, I got to say this about the first uh, topic that we dealt with. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, sodomy being a behavioral problem, and uh, I said that primarily it's going to be pornography, uh, child molestation, uh, and uh, the the other thing is is going to be indoctrination. Now, <clears throat> there are some cases, Jason, where the child was not introduced to pornography uh, or molestation, but instead he was or she was taught this from a child. And there is a reason why, and I was talking to another church member about this, why God destroyed all of Sodom and Gomorrah, including the children. So a child may not have been born with pornography, but he might have had a mom and dad uh, teaching them that this is okay. And, oh, and it's, uh, not, it's not just uh, mom and dad anymore. It is what they teach in the public. Oh, yes, early absolutely. I've heard about kindergarten sex education class. Yeah. They're learning it. And, and also, when they turn on the television, how many openly sodomite individuals are there on TV now? I don't know. I don't have a TV. But uh, from what I've what I've read on the online and what I've what I understand that uh, that it seems like every show now has to have yes, and so 
they're learning it from every aspect because their parents aren't taking them to a church that'll they'll learn it from their from the and so what we believe and what we understand to be the truth God is going to seem opposite to them right than than the other and the reason why God wiped out women men and children and Nineveh now here's interesting about Nineveh God was going to do the same thing to them but the whole family the whole nation had to repent before the Lord God turned away his wrath and that's what's going to happen to happen here uh, again let me make a distinction here and this this is very important you know, that folks know this if it is a Christian you say well I've been in a church where I've met Christian kids that got into sodomy or thought that they were attracted to the same gender and all that. If it is a Christian, or quote-unquote, let me just let me say that, it is because of pornography, it is because of molestation, and usually no dad is a figurehead, mama's ruling the roost. Yeah, that's a huge all right? part of it. Right there, <clears throat> so yeah. if it is a Christian or within the church and you found a situation like that, it's because of those reasons. If it is not a Christian, it's a good chance because of how long this has been going on in this indoctrination, it's a good chance that they may never have seen pornography. So, so if you use that argument and say, well, it's because you had a messed up childhood by seeing pornography, some of them are actually going to shoot you down on that. They just simply were taught wrong. I was doing a work on Monday, Jason, uh, came to his house, and I didn't realize who I was working for. I was just doing some, I was repairing a, a lamp. It turned out it was a lesbian couple, and they had adopted a little baby girl. That little baby girl hadn't she will not have a chance but for the grace of God. So, anyways, all right, uh, off of Mike Pence and on to Ken Hoven. Now, uh, Ken Hoven, Jason, really, I, I, okay, he helped me as far as uh, creation was concerned. My father-in-law, I should give most of the credit to my father-in-law, obviously all of it goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, but he used Ken Hoven's tapes. I don't know if you were going to our church at that time, Jason, but he did it on a Wednesday night. For like a month or so, he was playing some of Ken Hovind's tapes on creation versus evolution, and he does a fantastic job. Of course, we all know that he ended up in jail about uh, how many years has it been now? Eight years? Nine years? Has it really? Wow. It's been a long time, all right? Um, But anyways, uh, Ken Hovind has really been off my radar for some time until just the last few months. And I've been getting bombarded with email after email. I just got one yesterday, and uh, the email was something like this. It was, uh, Pastor, you need to get involved. We have Christian persecution going on in our own country right now. Uh, let's see if I can actually find it. Okay, here it is. Uh, let's see, I'm contacting you regarding illegal persecution of a Christian pastor named Ken Hovind. Now, i got to ask this question first and foremost. Um, it says that a Christian pastor. Was he actually pastoring a church? All right, I, I want to know that. No, no I, I don't think so. Yeah, um, if I, this was just a ministry traveling around, preaching and teaching, and even having his adventure land, dinosaur adventure land, guys, that's not a church. That's not a church. Just because you have a ministry... You know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching people about evolution, so on and so forth. Um, that's not a church. Now, if you can show me where he's actually got a congregation with people sitting there being fed the Word of God. We're talking about members of a body. I'm not talking about going to my church. My church is not his congregation 
or anybody's church or the Internet. That's not a church. That's not a congregation. But anyway, since I'm contacting you regarding illegal persecution of a Christian pastor, uh, Ken Hovind, the IRS has recently been under congressional scrutiny for abuses of their authority and targeting conservatives for audits and denials for benefits. They are also inappropriately using structuring laws to seize bank accounts of innocent Americans. Ken Hovind is a Christian minister from Pensacola who has dedicated his life to teach others about creation. Um, anyway, uh, he's, he's done, it goes on about all the things. Said here he served over eight years in jail on trumped-up counts of tax-related charges. And uh, what, she, what does this person want? I am making this appeal in hopes that you will get involved, help spread awareness to investigate this case of judicial and prosecutorial misconduct. This is definitely a flagrant case of persecution against an individual for his conservative religious beliefs, using tax code violations as a ruse to keep him incarcerated. Kent Hovind needs to be released from jail. Can you please spread awareness on this case? We're also trying to raise money for a lawyer to represent him, and so on and so forth. So, okay, the person who sent me the email, there, I've spread awareness on it. But now let's talk a little bit about it, Jason. Um, uh, I think the first thing we need to bring up is uh, church issue. I'm, I'm going to bring that up primarily because they're calling him Pastor Ken Hovind. Do we have actual evidence? And let's not spend a lot of time on this, but do we have ev actual ev evidence that he's pastoring a church or that he pastored a church? Excuse me. Obviously, he's not a I don't. I'm not. Okay. All right. So. All right, so we don't really know that for certain. But let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about what we do know. Number one, um, we do know that he did go to jail for tax-related issues. Um, he was ratted out by some Christian at Pensacola Christian College. He was ratted out, all right, which is a violation of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'll give him that. Um, and two, he was way over-sentenced. This was wrong. There's no way tax fraud deserves 10 years of jail. And that's what he got, 10 years. And now they want to literally sentence him for life. They've got some other charges that he wasn't supposed to use, prison correspondence, and he did, and or that's what they're accusing him of. So they're trying to nail him for some more stuff. So I have no doubt this man has been way over-sentenced. Maybe there is a conspiracy here, Jason, because of the biasness of the evolutionary crowd. I put the evolutionary crowd in the same crowd as the sodomites, they're just as vitriolic. They're just as vicious. Uh, I've got quote after quote of how the evolutionary crowd views us that believe that God created the earth in six literal 24-hour days. They say that uh, we are suffocating, we are oppressive, we are brainwashers. They say that creationism is not appropriate for children. Uh, they accuse us of, uh, let's see, being delusional. They accuse us of, let's see, um, being medieval and poisonous. They, uh, let's see here, okay, they, this is one of the accusations we are given. It's poisonous and medieval. Creationists reject not just evolution, but most of the enlightenment and pretty much all intellectual development since, uh, since the beginning of time. Rather than celebrate the brilliance of the human mind, they just, they're talking about sodomy, by the way. It always leads back to sodomy. It always leads back to sodomy. You mark it down. They say that we disparage free thought as dangerous and sinful instead of extolling the virtues of creativity and imagination. Imagination, um, the Lord God told us about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
imagination. Uh, they malign all unorthodox ideas as immoral and wicked, unorthodox meaning, um, let's see, PETA, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, um, uh, sodomy. Anyways, uh, all creations, for all creationists' insistence that evolution denigrates humanity, creationism is fundamentally anti-human, commanding us to spurn our own logic and cog- cognition in favor of observed sophism derived from a 3,000-year-old text. It turns our greatest ability to reason into our greatest enemy. Using our brains, according to creationism, will lead us to sin. Only mindless piety can keep us on the track of salvation. And when they're talking about using their brains, they're talking about what's going on uh, at the Capitol in Indiana. You know, all the uh, queers that are protesting against Mike Pence's bill, which really is not intolerant at all. But anyway... This is the biasness against us. So I'm going to say this about Ken Hovind right off the bat, Jason, that I have no doubt that there is a conspiracy against the man. There's got to be. All right? There has well, got to be. Certainly if, if the – I don't even know what to call them, secularists. They um, want to find an example of somebody uh, they can make look foolish to the rest of the world. And certainly um, – fact is that uh, not something that we can last uh, I see where Pastor Mike actually put called the corporate soul it was used by a number of chisers to incorporate their properties under a religious title they placed their personal property home businesses including a all a sham, and that's how he ended up incorporating his. Yep, yep. And so, uh, or quote unquote ministry. But uh, the fact is that involved with what this guy did. Did he put out some good stuff and have a good effect on people? I think I Absolutely. love to watch his old videos of where he, you know, makes fun of people that think that the universe came from nothing and all of that. But uh, the fact is that he tried to structure himself to be in a where he could avoid paying taxes. Now, do I agree with the taxes? This is why I'm kind of torn on this, by the way. I did. I completely disagree with the taxes. Do I think 10 years is excessive for uh, for tax evasion and some of the things he – oh, my goodness, 10 years? 10 years a hard time? You don't even give a murderer 10 years a hard time anymore. No, at the end, very, very rarely does a, does a murderer have to stay in that long, um, yep. let alone, you know, a kidnapper or a rapist or a child molester who gets two years. Or... So, yes, absolutely ridiculous. Being... Um, was he some to blame for what has happened? I believe so. I, and so, you know what? I'm going to be controversial to both sides. Laws that he was pro- per- prosecuted under are unjust laws. However, sure. he was properly prosecuted under those unjust laws. <laughs> How's that? Oh, now everybody's mad at me, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, okay, that's fine, <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, he didn't have to break those unjust laws, and he didn't – he really didn't have to, number one. Number two, he didn't have to incorporate. Like dinosaur adventure land was a ministry. Right. It wasn't under a local church. It wasn't yep. a ministry in the way that we know that the Bible talks about uh, the way that we should be ministering. Uh, it was a tax avoidance. Sure. And that, that's how.
how it that's how it looks to faith. Now, brought up the Bible. Oh, heaven forbid we bring up the Bible. I've been getting these emails, Jason, from different pastors about how we need to get him out of jail and get involved and all that. Well, let's go to the Bible for just a moment. You look at Acts chapter 12, you look at Acts chapter 16, and you see something rather interesting in the New Testament church. You see God breaking a man out. And if God doesn't want to break the man out, the man stays in jail. That's a simple fact. And, of course, they were in jail for far greater reasons, I would say, but I'm sure that's debatable. Someone will say, well, you know, what uh, Ken Hovind has done, uh, I think he stepped away from some good doctrine, by the way, but what Ken Hovind has done is, has been, uh, you know, needful, and, and uh, it's helped many Christians out. I believe that. And maybe there is persecution involved. But the fact of the matter is, you take Peter, you take Paul, both of those guys went to jail, and several other guys went to jail. Uh, Acts chapter 5, we got Peter and John thrown in jail for the preaching of the Word of God. All right, so if we're going to make an equivalency here, all right, then great. So we say they're just like, we say he's just like Peter and John? Fine. He's going to have to get himself out of jail. Maybe God will shake up the jail bars. I believe God can do that. And here's what the other Christians did. Now get this. You go to Acts chapter 12. Peter gets broken out of jail. Peter gets broken out of jail, and what does he find when he heads over to where the saints usually are hanging out? He finds them all gathered together praying. He knocks on the door. They send one of the young ladies out. The young lady comes to the door. She doesn't even answer the door because she thinks it's a ghost. Because there was nothing they can do. So sitting there hammering on his pastors, you need to do more politically. You need to give them more money, blah, 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 blah. I get all that. That's nice and wonderful. You want to donate to his cause, donate to his cause. But when we look at New Testament Scripture, it's not the cause of pastors to go rally around the man in jail. A lot of times the guy got stuck in jail and stayed in jail because God kept him there. And when God wanted him out, God got him out. You say, well, that seems like you're, you're shirking your responsibility. No, what I'm doing is following the Scriptures. Can you give me a Scripture that says otherwise? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, give me book, chapter, and verse. Well, no, it's our resp- No, what you've done is you've created, what people have done is they've created a Protestant responsibility. The Protestant responsibility is we need to march. Liberty's inherent on the pastors. No, liberty, liberty is not inherent of the people. It's not based on us. It's based on God. It always has been based on God. It's based on Christ. It's always been based on Christ. If it isn't Christ that's the head, then there is no liberty. That's Scripture, but that's not quoted anymore. Or you need to do something. Man, you better get on your knees and start praying. Well, God doesn't work anymore. Yeah. See, that's the thing, Jason. You don't get too many saints on their knees praying for the thing they want us to march on Washington for. Now, our pastors that are our nation dropped the ball. And I think yeah. that is one thing that's really been on my heart was that look around at our generation pastors. We don't see the types of Christians that were not even nope. in the pastorship and really frightening. Um, what we need is we need a revival amongst people our age actually pray, who actually mm-hmm. read the Bible, who actually, uh, you know, pray for things like this Kent Hovind. But he should not be in jail. I'm just going to flat out say that. Um, sure, because the laws... Yeah. Oh, man. All right.
nailed well, it. Well, there goes the time. There goes the time. Folks, you want to follow the scriptures? Get on your knees. Get on your knees unless you lack faith. All right. Coming up next, you don't want to miss it. New World Order Info, Melissa Roxanne. We'll see you next week. God bless
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 225 4659. That's 541 225 4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Welcome to Flashback Favorites. I'm Music Mike. Thanks for joining me again for a group that is currently based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, but originally formed in 1979 in Calgary, Alberta. One of Canada's best rock and roll bands from 1981. Here's a tune that made it to number 55, the second single in the U.S. for Loverboy. The kid is hot tonight on Flashback Favorites. <laughs>
soon. You are older to info. And I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And it is my live show on Monday, March 30th, 2015. And uh, tonight I'm playing, or Frank is for me, but I chose Lover Boy all night. So um, I, I was amazed. I went and listened to a lot of their stuff, uh, their videos actually on YouTube, and they're still touring. At least they were, I think, last year. And they sound just as good live as they did in the studio, even now. So uh, I think one of the band members had some kind of weird, mysterious, and tragic death. He fell overboard on a boat, and and they never found his boat, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I didn't read that much about it. But anyway, so um, they sound really good, I think. And and, uh, I was surprised how many really great songs they had that I – you know, I had forgotten about, so, and uh, I'm sure I haven't even heard them all because, you know, they put out a lot of albums, and, and I haven't even gotten a chance to listen to them all, so you might want to check them out on YouTube, even their their live stuff, you know, from back in the day and recently. Um, so, uh, I found, just just to let you know, there's there was this article on uh, the world's coolest campers, not named Airstream. Um, so, you know, Airstream, they're pretty well known and very popular. And, uh, you know, a lot of the Hollywood people have them. I read Matthew McConaughey has one, and, and it's common for them to spend like a million dollars or more, you know, on them, outfitting them or whatever. And uh, so those are really popular. Frank used to live in one of those. Uh, Airstreams, by the way, and I I love them. But um, yeah. So that the the title of the article is the world's coolest campers not named Airstream. So I thought I would I would read this to y'all tonight to start with. And uh, so here are here are just some of them from reading the comments. There are many more that are really, you know amazing as well so you might want to check out the comments on the article it's a yahoo article and i learn a lot from reading comments on whatever articles or videos or whatever it is many many times there's a lot of good information there's people that know a lot of stuff a lot of times that comment on things and so you can learn a lot that way you know find some great information or great articles or videos or websites or just you know useful stuff to know So uh, the first one on here in the article with pictures is, um, it's called The Leaf, let's see, The Leaf House, Leaf House, and uh, it's handmade by a Canadian college professor, each 97 square foot leaf house, it's only 97 square feet, less than 100 square feet. It's built of spruce pine and is tested to withstand even the harshest harshest Yukon winter. It also weighs less than 5,000 pounds thanks to lightweight concrete kitchen counters, believe it or not. 
bamboo flooring and birch plywood ceilings. Designed for a family of four, it includes a sleeping loft, Murphy bed, which I love those. They come out of the wall, you know, and then they go back into the wall, so that leaves a lot of room for other things than, you know, a bed or sleeping or whatever. And uh, then the loft beds, too, I think, you know, it's a great idea to have those even in your own home. And a lot of kids use those when they're away at college and stuff like that. But to save floor space, you know, if you had loft beds and or Murphy beds, things like that, you can save a lot of space and you can put, you know, whatever underneath the bed. If it's a loft bed, you could have your your desk area there or a place for your kids to play or your grandkids to play or something when they come over, if you had a loft bed, things like that. Um, so... Those are some, some good ideas for just everybody, whether you have a, a camper or not, you know, to save space. And and I think it's great to use rooms for other purposes. And, you know, back in the day, everybody would have, like, these formal dining rooms, which people just don't use anymore usually or on very special occasions. So a lot of people are converting those rooms into other purposes, you know, instead of just sitting there looking nice or something and never getting used, why not convert it to a room you can use for some other purpose? That's what I believe anyway. And you can do that with a bedroom. If you make a bed that you can move out of the way or, you know, that doesn't take up floor, valuable floor space. So if you think about your vertical space and saving space, things like that all the time, anything you can get up off the floor and onto the wall, you can use pegboards to hang things up in your home, not just in your shop, you know, or make a, a studio, an art studio, or, you know, a music studio, audio studio, a studio to broadcast from out of a shed or, you know, all kind of things. So there's all kind of different ways in, in organization and storage and space saving, you know, stuff out there you can find all over the Internet nowadays. So get a lot of great ideas and how to save money. People are making stuff out of pallets. Uh, I'm amazed at things I see that people are building and things that people come up with just out of pallets that they can get for free. Although nowadays they're not as easy to find them for free. But, you know, you might check with businesses um, that would have pallets and see if any of them would be willing to give you leftover pallets if you're interested in that. And like I say, just type in pallets, um, you know, on on any kind of search engine and images and things like that or, you know, make things out of pallets, um, whatever. And, or type in pallets sheds, you know, or whatever it is. There's all kind of things people are building. They're building furniture for their homes indoors and out with pallets. So, um I've seen all kind of things. So anyway, that's another thing you might want to look into. And uh, people are are making outside areas, you know, that you can do things in and have shelter out of pallets. They're using pallets kind of vertically, kind of for the walls. And then they're using other things. Um, I think, I forget what it is exactly. It's something to do with cattle. But, and then tarps for the top. So that way they have a cover over it, and it's inexpensive, you know. 
And then there's straw bale houses, which I've always loved and dreamed of having one of those. Um, I guess it depends. Although there are, even here, where we have very wet winters in southern Oregon, usually we have so much, you know, rain in the wintertime and stuff like that, and, you know, snow, except for this past year we didn't have any snow. But there's, you know, a lot of people around here that had the straw bale houses and, and buildings. So, and I have read about those, you know, years before I even moved here. And there's straw bale communities, houses, whatever buildings in those communities from, I don't know, 100 years or so ago that are still up and in great shape that went through all kinds of terrible weather, I think tornadoes and stuff like that, where other buildings were demolished and those are still standing. So they cover them, you know, I think in stucco or different things like that. And, you know, it's great for insulation. And so anyway, that's something you might want to look into. And so I'm going to get back to the article, though. So this this one has the Murphy bed, the sleeping loft. It's designed for a family of four, even though it's 97 square feet. And it's the, it's a camper called Leaf House. And it's got a bathroom with a shower and a kitchen, complete with a small fridge and 97 square feet. So I haven't seen the interior pictures of it. I need to look it up. But unfortunately, in this article, they just show the outside of it. But I, I'm astounded that they could do that much in just 97 square feet. And I even saw an article of um, somebody that lives in New York City, and I'm I'm not. You know, I wouldn't live there personally. I like living in the country. But I've lived in cities, of course. But I just I don't think New York City's my kind of place. So I, I think it's a bad place to be. And the the more you can get out, you know, into the country to live, I think the better and have your own land if, if you can get it, um, if you can afford to or find a way to make it happen. And there's always ways, you know, to do that, even if you join with other people of like mind, you know, like-minded people and get some land and start getting your own gardens going and stuff like that and building these buildings that are inexpensive and not, you know, made out of, the mainstream materials and stuff. There's all kind of alternative materials people are using to build with. And so I'm interested in all that and the tiny house movement, you know, and all that stuff. I read about it a lot. And Frank has built a place, you know, pretty much like that, although it's kind of a big tiny house. So, but so anyway, I, I just think it's very interesting and you can can do a lot of things, you know, just by researching, and um, I forgot what I was going to say, but anyway, so yeah, get your own land, get out of the city if you can, because we know what's coming, and it's not going to be a good thing, and those living in the cities are going to be, you know, there's going to be the roving gangs, and I'm sure, yes, they'll be out to the country too, the rural areas, but it's going to be much worse in the cities before, you know, they can get out here, you know. Um, so you have, it's just going to be a madhouse in the cities. And then trying to get out of the cities, you know, to get to rural areas, it's, it's going to be bumper-to-bumper traffic and, you know, probably you're not going to be able to get gas a lot of times. That's happened to me in the past, you know, when 
I've lived in Florida and we had hurricanes and you you'd go to the gas pump and if you didn't have a full tank or whatever, you know, you couldn't find gas usually or you could barely find it. You had to wait in these long, long lines and and then they might limit how much you can get and you can only pay in cash and maybe if they let you use a debit card or something like that, you can only get twenty dollars out of your bank account, which, you know, bank accounts now, they can take all of your money. If you've listened to AVR and Frank and, and others talk about that, um, you know, the banks now, they can they can just take all of your money. And, uh, of course, I'm sure they always could, but I think they, they've written it down about how they can do these things and stuff, and we know they did it to people already, you know, and pensions have disappeared and all kind of things. So uh, I don't think you should be, just like Frank says, keeping most of your money in the bank. So... Um, but anyway, try to, you know, have cash, and uh, which is monopoly money, I know, and fiat, you know, currency and all that, but at least it still does buy stuff, although it, it's worth less and less, and the more they print, and, and you get less and less for it, it seems, but it's good to have cash on hand as much as, you know, at least some, as much as you can, and I think not keep it all in the bank and just keep, like Frank says, your operating expenses there if you have to have a bank account at all. And then, you know, gold and silver and junk silver and small um, denominations of those things and and valuable things you can barter and all that and things that people are going to need and things that you and your loved ones are going to need and your neighbors, et cetera. So things that you can trade. But Anyway, so the the second camper on here is the pod, and this I have no idea what the cost of these are. I'm I'm assuming you know a lot of them are pretty expensive, although people are building their own. So these are things you might look into doing too. You can go to YouTube. There's a lot of videos of people that are building their own campers and and trailers and making uh, campers out of trailers. Um, kind of gutting the trailers and just using, you know, the the part underneath and then starting from there, you know. Um, so there's all kind of different ideas out there and blueprints and free things. You can look at in articles and videos. You might want to look into that. This one's called The Pod, and it is a retro caravan. It's only 34 square feet, and it has a fiberglass and steel trailer features a four-person table that transforms into a double bed, a birch and aluminum interior, and a tiny but functional kitchen. And that only 705 pounds is light enough to be towed by even the smallest car. So that's called the pod. And um, if you want to check the article out, and I would look further, of course, because these don't even have interior pictures or anything. You can just look for whichever ones you want to read more about and, and you know, try to find out more info and look at the interior of them, which I was saddened that they didn't include that in this article, but it's called The World's Coolest Campers Not Named Airstream, and it's on yahoo.com. And uh, the next one is called Sheep Wagon. And it's a modern take on the old covered wagon. And these are, oh, it's time for a break. So I'll tell you more on the other side. 
and I'll probably get into vitamin C as well later. So stick around. We'll be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. 
American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC ceased in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LND, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and it's my live show tonight on Monday, March 30th, 2015, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR, and you can come to the chat room and uh, check out the news. You can just scroll down the either of our main sites and look there. You'll see lots of news feeds and things like that. And the Superstore, we have a lot of good products in there that you can help support us by buying those. We have organic sulfur. Soon we'll have vitamin C available. And we have lots of other stuff as well. And, you know, you can support us by supporting the things that, uh, you know, people you hear on AVR have as well that they offer you, and, and a lot of them are health items, things that are good for you, you know, that you can stock up on and good for your health, and you can support us by doing that. And, you know, we have bumper stickers available there you can look for. And when you order things that AVR sells, uh, that Frank sells, et cetera, you We'll get a free bumper sticker with each purchase. So, you know, if you buy three containers, three pounds of sulfur, the organic sulfur we have, which is great for one's health, then you can get three bumper stickers, with, you know, for each three that you order, et cetera. So there's all kinds of things. And uh, you can you can see the, the globe spinning around and see that we have listeners from all over the world. So... Thanks to all of you that listen from places I've never even heard of before. It's amazing to see that we have listeners <laughs> in so many places. And thanks to all the micro broadcasters out there. And for all of those that tell others about us, we really do appreciate that. And for you that support us in so many different ways, we thank you. Okay, so I'm going to get back to this article. It's um, It's the coolest, let's see the name of it here. It is called The World's Coolest Campers Not Named Airstream. And it's a Yahoo article. came out March 23rd, 2015. If you're looking for that and you want to look it up. So I thought, I know I'm interested in this kind of thing, so I thought y'all might be too. And that has some pictures of the outsides anyway. And a little, a little paragraph or so under each telling you about it. So this next one is uh, called the Sheep Wagon, and it is a modern take on the old covered wagon. These custom two-by-six campers out of Idaho blend antique hardware like lanterns and wood spoke wheels with amenities like metal awnings, electric stoves, and even memory foam mattresses, although I don't think those are a good idea because I believe they cause cancer. So, you know, you might want to look into that. Type in memory foam in quotes and cancer. Um, I would get rid of anything that had memory foam in it. And they put it in so many things. They put it in pet bedding now, you know, and they say that it's good for your pets and you know, for those that have arthritis, and they put it in pillows. There's all these memory foam pillows that you can press your hand and leave your handprint. Those are what those are. You know, they call memory foam. They 
said NASA uses it, you know, in space and stuff like that. But it's just made out of all these terrible for you chemicals. Um, probably, I think, petrochemicals. So, you know, it's very bad for your health. So, hey, I'd, I'd rip that out if I had something, you know, like a camper that had that. I would get rid of that for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, it's in all kind of mattresses that you can buy for beds, you know, things like that. So, and who knows what all else they're putting in. They're putting it in people's shoes and boots and things even. So, you know, it's it's dangerous, I believe. It's bad for your health. Okay, the next one is Mercury House 1. And this is, this to me, they claim that it's... Um, it's mobile, but it doesn't look mobile because it looks pretty big. <laughs> I mean, it looks like, yeah, if you had a, a, a large, you know, a lot of property or something, you might could move it around on your property, but you're not going to, I don't think, be taking it down the road, at least from the picture I'm seeing. It looks way too big for that, but width-wise even. And it's, it looks kind of tall. I don't know how tall it is. but So this solar-powered futuristic pod was designed by Italian firm Architecture and Vision for the Venice Biennale. It's actually made out of lightweight Carrera Italian marble, of all things, and was conceived as sort of a mobile living room, complete with high-tech sound system and state-of-the-art lighting. The next one looks you know, pretty wild. It's called uh, Opera. Like, uh, you know, the Opera, uh, you know, anti-Microsoft or whatever. I guess it's like an alternative. I don't know. I don't know much about Opera. But this is uh, inspired by and named after Sydney's Opera House. This German-Dutch collaboration is one of the most luxurious campers on the market and comes loaded with an adjustable electric double bed that splits into two singles, a ceramic toilet, a wine cabinet, and a kitchen with espresso bar that can be moved outside. So that's pretty luxurious. Um, That one's opera, and that's a, a German and Dutch collaboration. I'm sure that one must be very expensive. Um, then there's Innovan, and this one is a space-efficient a space caravan designed to seamlessly slide onto the back of your Toyota Tacoma and comes with a whopping 13 storage compartments for all your outdoor gear. It weighs 1,100 pounds and boasts a queen-size bed, pull-out dining area, and air conditioning, among a slew of other sweet features. So that's called InnoVan. And the next one is a Merzeller. It looks very space-age futuristic. It's like the Jetsons or something to me on the inside. This is an actual interior picture. Uh, I think the only one I've even seen out of all of these. So this space-age-looking camper out of Austria is designed by something called the Configurator, which is a software that creates personalized vehicles unique to each customer. And 
and the minimalist 129-square-foot body sports white wood custom cabinets, although these are painted you know, white, and this one and everything's black and white, and some silver, I guess, for metal. Um, and it has a flat-screen TV, a double bed, and a lofted twin bed, as well as a kitchen complete with dishwasher. But this one, which is called Merzeller, M-E-H-R-Z-E-L-L-E-R, is unfortunately no longer in production, the article says. This one looks like it has wooden flooring. So it's very <clears throat> high-tech looking. And then let's see. This one is Moby One XTR is the next one. And uh, this one was designed for a rugged off-roading and outdoor adventure. This sturdy bare grills of trailers rocks a reinforced frame and heavy-duty trailing A-arm coil spring suspension. But the Moby One isn't all military-style brown. The interior features built-in speakers, AC, hardwood cabinetry, fridge and freezer, and a rooftop vent with, no joke, heated beds. So if they're heated mm, with electricity, you know, and they probably are, uh, definitely I'm against that. I'm against electric blankets, too, because those are cancer-causing as well. You know, it's electromagnetic radiation. So if you want to wrap yourself in electrical cords, you know, that's what you're doing. So... Uh, they have them for pets, too. So if they're using electricity, I know for sure that's going to be bad for them. Um, so I don't I don't use those. I mean, as a kid, we did use them. Um, so I didn't know any better when I was really little, and so that was the only exposure that I had to those. Thank goodness. Um, all right, and then there's the Sea Lander. This one saves you the trouble of deciding between a boat and a camper. The Sea Landers an amphibious vehicle, so land or water, that quickly transforms between the two. It can be customized to include two stainless steel gas cookers, a sink and a water pump, toilet and sound system, among other perks, and with two huge windows, and a roll-up tarpaulin roof, you can stare at the stars while falling asleep to the soothing sound of water slapping against the hull. So those are the different ones in the article. Um, and it's titled again, The World's Coolest Campers Not Named Airstream. And it's a Yahoo article that came out March 23rd, 2015. And I enjoyed reading. I didn't read all of them, but I read a lot of the the comments. Um, this one, this one here says, here's one of the comments after the article by just random people on the net. Some of the best small trailers out there were camper boats built by J.T. McManus a number of years ago. He called his camper boats Trail and Sail because one could live in them while trailing them around the country and then live in them on lakes everywhere. 
the first boat was named Dolphin. He named it that in honor of a lady friend who really loved the boat. The second boat was named Trip Tease because he said it was a trip and a tease. With only a 50-horsepower motor, Trip Tease could actually fly above the water at about 30 miles per hour. He was on national television many times showing his boats. I wonder why his boat was not featured in this article. So I found that very interesting. And, uh, you know, another one here says, my family loved camping, and when our kids were young, that is how we spent many a weekend. Our camper was very simple, just a trailer with a tent to canvas top. We did have a wooden screen door that folding down went on the road, a bed on each side with storage on each side of the wheels, no toilet, no stove, no sink, no AC, but we had tons of fun. Oh, by the way, I paid just a little over $300 for it used, and after many years of use, I sold it for about what I paid for it. Camping is a great way to know your family. And then the next one, there's a lot of interesting comments there, I thought, um, you know, that you can relate to and find out stuff. This one is, a few years ago, while on a road trip to Yellowstone, we ran into a guy pulling a tiny trailer behind a Honda Civic. The guy was about six foot three inches tall and looked to weigh about 250 pounds. The car was packed from the floor to the upper level of the seat backs with stuff. The trailer was handmade and couldn't have been more than 30 square feet that he had absolutely everything he owned in that little ensemble. Got to talking to him, and he opened the trailer, and he had the floor covered with a decking that concealed a full-size mattress. He had a TV attached to the ceiling and a swing-out and down platform for his laptop. All of his food was stored in either an overhead pantry or his cooler. He was totally self-sufficient, and he was living off his savings and did nothing but travel. Seemed at ease with life and his choices. It can be done. And that one got 79 thumbs up from people. Um, there's so many people that are living in vehicles these days. And so that, you know, you could, I mean, this guy, they say it was only uh, 30 square feet or so. So it can be done. And, um, so those are a few that I read. Somebody else said, wow, so many people commenting on how small these are and how claustrophobic they'd be if they had to stay in them all day. What are you people thinking? Most people who camp are outside all day and hunker down in these when it's time for bed, maybe a rainstorm. These are simply neat little retreats that you can pull behind a car truck to sleep in when you're out in the wilderness. They all get a thumbs up from me, seeing I don't own any camper. Somebody says to that, you are quite right. When I had a pop-up, it had an option to put the table and two-burner cooktop outside even, which is what I did. The next one says, the Moby ones are really popular in Australia. The car top tents on their own are great too. Keeps you up off the ground from having a creepy crawly visit you. And I know Australia is full of those snakes and spiders and all kind of things. Have used one while vacationing there on a four-wheel drive Toyota on top of the cab and a canvas top on the back to carry all supplies. 
where I go in the bush, you may not see anyone for four or four days, I suppose. Uh, the ELB and Flying Doctor two-way radio is a must-have, along with plenty of fuel, water, and food, and a spare parts kit for the truck. And somebody says, these aren't new. They, or models like them, have been around for decades, meaning the ones in the article that I read about. It's just that children under 30 years old haven't been away from their cell phone long enough to notice the rest of the world going by. That one got... 25 thumbs up. Um, somebody else says to that comment, in junior high, I remember reading a news article about a group of people with Airstreams and 4x4s all touring China. Back then, China had never seen white people in the interior, and especially not Airstreams and 4x4s, who many believed were from outer space explorers. Somebody said to that, probably a Wally Byam Airstream Tour. So, um, let's see. The next one says, I've mentioned the article Airstream is a great lasting camper. They are popular among the movie stars. I watched a special. Some have a million dollars invested in their Airstream. Um, and then it says, Ceramic Tile Camper, silly. I guess they plan on that being parked and never hit by so much as a pebble. My opinion, if you're going small, the old-fashioned pop-up camper that Americans have enjoyed for years is still the way to go. These are toys, not for serious campers, meaning the ones in the article. And then the next person says, love my pop-up, no frills, but didn't install an old Alpine stereo. Just getting off the ground was a plus. Having my equipment packed inside and ready at a moment's notice, even better being able to strap the canoe on top and still keep a low profile is a bonus. Looking for another for cheap money, but anything decent doesn't come cheap anymore. A lot of these uh, campers and things like that can be found on Craigslist. I think that's an excellent place to look. Um, and it just depends on where you live. If there, if you have a big, you know, a lot of people that post things on Craigslist or not, I think. So if you don't find them nearby when you look in your own area, you can always search Craigslist for, you know, nearby places or places in other states. And, and if you can, you know, maybe go get things. Uh, I know people do that. So you might find a great deal and just have to drive a further way to get it. So it might be worth, you know, going and, and checking it out. And you can always see if they can send pictures and, and whatever, you know, detailed pictures and stuff like that. Um, so that's, I think, a great place to look for used things with Craigslist. They even have new things listed there, just like on eBay. You know, you can find things that are new. Uh, a lot of times, I'm not talking trailers, but I'm just saying whatever. It might be something vintage still in the box that it came in. So I, I love vintage things and antiques and, you know, old things. I love most anything old and you can find new old things in the original packaging, which makes it worth, you know, a lot more money usually if it comes in the original packaging in the original box, especially if it's never been opened or used or anything and it's in great condition, um, et cetera. So, um, yeah, and you can, I'm sure, look on eBay for, for different campers and trailers and things like that too. So I think it's fun just, just to look for things on Craigslist and then, you know, 
you can find a lot of great deals there, I believe, and eBay. And eBay, you know, if you're selling stuff, you can even sell stuff and just say local pickup only. So it's not just what is, you know, small and lightweight and, and easy to ship. Plus they have freight shipping and things like that and trucks and buses that they can ship things on and so people are, are using those. But anyway, so those are some good places I know to check out. And then there's, there's I'm sure, tons of places that people that are into traveling and camping and camping and trailers and building their own. There's all kind of articles out there. And I've been reading one. Um, I'll try to give you the site later if I can find it, but um, it was it was a person that's traveling around the world, and I believe he bought a van. I can't remember exactly what he paid for it, but you know, it wasn't all that much, and he basically kind of gutted it and then redid the whole interior, and he's living in it and traveling around, and I think right now he's in Greece, and there's this eco-community there, and they have their own wind turbine or turbines, and, you know, they have solar power. There's a lot of people living there, and they're growing their own gardens and all kind of stuff. So it's very self-sufficient. Okay, so we'll be right back with a whole other hour, and I'm probably going to get into vitamin C on the other side, so don't go anywhere.
of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
All right. Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And it is my live show, the second half of it, on Monday, March 30th, 2015. So now I'm going to go into some great information about vitamin C and this is the science of vitamin C and how it works for one's good health and always you know check with your doctor your licensed medical practitioner um, or your veterinarian before giving it to any animals or you know your livestock your loved beloved pets etc um or before, you know, taking it yourself or giving it to your loved ones or whoever just to make sure that it's okay to do so. But also do the research on your own because a lot of doctors don't know anything about vitamin C. Most of them don't. The allopaths, you know, the mainstream medical doctors, they were not educated about vitamin C, brainwashed about it, you know, basically. They've been brainwashed against it uh, only, if not only for the fact that probably for them, mostly because it would put them out of business if they recommended it. Number one, it would put Big Pharma out of business, you know, and the the allopaths that prescribe all these harmful, deadly poisons, toxins that they call, you know, medicine. It's not really medicine. It's more like just pumping poisons into your body or putting them into your mouth or into your bloodstream or whatever, you know. They're made from all these terrible things and petrochemicals, things that are just totally toxic to our bodies and that that cause these terrible side effects that murder and kill through iatrogenics, you know, and genocide through so-called medicine. So many, you know, I don't know how many, so many people and animals even. So, you know, it's a terrible thing. So they're not going to be out there recommending vitamin C. So when you do check with them, you know, if they tell you, whatever, um, just know that you need to research it on your own. But also, you know, there could be a reason, like if you're on blood thinners, then vitamin C is a blood thinner. So that's why, for one reason, uh, for example, you should be cautious. Um, There's a lot of other blood thinners out there that you may not think of as blood thinners, which I've told you before, like, apple cider vinegar is a blood thinner. So those of you that may use that for good health, you know, and mix it with water or sometimes rarely use it just straight, uh, that's a blood thinner. Um, You know, then there's lemon juice and grapefruit juice and orange juice. Those are blood thinners. Citrus juices are blood thinners because they have vitamin C in them. Um, There's other blood thinners out there too, supplements and herbs and different things, um, garlic and onions, uh, those are blood thinners. So there's a lot of things out there you may not think of as blood thinners. There's fish oil and many, many, many more. So you may, you know, you may start bleeding or something and, and not realizing why or something like that. And it could be because you're taking a blood thinner or, you know, ingesting one or using one, um, drinking one, whatever, and you're not aware that it is a blood thinner. So, you know. Um, anyway, that also could be a sign of vitamin C deficiency and scurvy if you have a bleeding issue. 
um, internal or external bleeding. And that is what happened to Alan Smith of New Zealand. He started bleeding uh, externally through, uh, I forget, if it, I think it was his ears maybe and his nose or something like that. I don't know exactly, but, um, you know, he ended up with having a lot of other problems, health problems, health problems to where they wanted to basically take him off of life support, which would have ended his life, which I think was murder. It would have been had they done so. The doctors wanted to do that. But uh, thank God his family learned um, that vitamin C could help him and save his life, and they finally got got it in him, and only six grams a day uh, at the end ended up saving his life. And it was just the kind they gave him was such a high potent you know, kind that was so bioavailable to his body that, you know, despite him being diagnosed with hairy cell leukemia, cancer, and having, I know he, I'm sure he had scurvy, he had pneumonia, you know, I've told you the story many times, but pneumonia in both of his lungs so bad they couldn't even see his lungs, they called it clouded out pneumonia for that reason because in the x-ray they could not even see his lungs in the x-rays they took or they call it whited out pneumonia and uh, so he had really bad pneumonia in both of his lungs and they said he had um, let me think of what they called it oh I'll think of it in a minute but anyway something else that everybody was going crazy over at the time and I think this was back in 2009, uh, the swine, not swine flu, but it was after that. Anyway, um, it was something that was being hyped like crazy in the news and stuff like that um, that was going to kill us all. And it was because they wanted everybody to get the vaccines for that. So anyway, they, they said he had that. And H1N1, so I guess it was that. But... um. Anyway, so he had all these things wrong with him and the bleeding issue, and, and I think scurvy because he definitely had a vitamin D deficiency. And so he ended up you know, getting a small amount of it intravenously, which your body can only use 19% when you get vitamin D intravenously through an IV in your body. And anytime you get a needle stuck in you, an IV, a shot, a vaccine, or whatever, or even puncture your skin with something, then that can make you have a a much higher chance of getting uh, MRSA, uh, a staph infection, and that can be deadly. So, you know, as much as you can avoid getting stuck by needles or punctured, you know, puncture wounds or things like that, you know, that'll help to avoid MRSA. But anyway, um, and then, you know, sepsis is another thing that could happen that way. Um, and, and if people, you know, especially if you're in a hospital where you're around all these to- really sick and dying people and doctors and nurses are going from patient to patient, sick and dying people, and then touching you, and touching your skin, your IV, you know, whatever whatever it is, then, you know, they can pass these things from person to person, and they don't wash their hands and disinfect like they should. And anyway, 
So then there's the air conditioning and the ductwork and the heating systems and all these things that can, you know, cause all these different things to go all over the place. So anyway, so vitamin C is something that did save this man's life, Alan Smith in New Zealand. You can go to um, YouTube and and just type in Alan Smith, A-L-A-N-S-M-I-T-H in quotes, vitamin C, and you'll see probably the 60 Minutes from New Zealand television program, and I think it's like 17 minutes long or something. There's a video straight from TV from New Zealand that's on there that 60 Minutes did about his story and how the doctors wanted to end his life and take him off of a machine that was breathing for him. And, uh, you know, they they did not. They they basically folded their hands and all got together and refused to give him vitamin C. And one doctor finally said, well, you know, let's try it. But it was only after the family, you know, just had to go on and on demand and give him all kind of written evidence and to back it up. And, I mean, they were like the the kids of this person, they were grown, you know, um, male children of his and his wife, of course, but they were asking, like, well, if he's if there's nothing more you can do for him, according to you, the doctors, and you're just wanting to end his life, what could it harm to try giving him vitamin C, you know? So if you, if you think about it, what harm could be done? He was going to die anyway. They were going to take him off life support, and he was in such terrible conditions that only a miracle you know, could have saved him. Well, I believe, you know, he did He did have miracles performed, and that was that he was able to get vitamin C. And it was a long, drawn-out story I've told you many times, but they only gave him a little bit through IV. He could only get less than a fifth of that that his body could use, so it was a very small amount, nowhere near what he needed, but he got better. They tried to say it was because they turned him over on his stomach to help his lungs drain, blah, blah, blah. They did that at the same time he got the vitamin C so that they could use that as their excuse as to why it got better. The family said, well, why didn't you turn him over to begin with if you knew that would help him, you know? Why did you wait? But anyway, so they just gave him this little bit. Then they quit giving it to him after he got better because he did get better, and they did not want him to get better, obviously. They wanted him to die, and they didn't want to give him vitamin C. They ended up getting an attorney. The attorney was able to get him, you know, to have some vitamin C through IV, um, and then he could only make use of less than a fifth of that, 19% of it, because that's just how it works um, when you get it that way. So, you know, even though he only got a little bit, um, it, it was helping him, but he wasn't getting enough, you know, as much as he really needed to get well. And so then, you know, they moved into a different hospital. That hospital refused to give him any vitamin C, and then they found out about lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. They got him some. They gave him six a day, and that's six grams. That's 6,000 milligrams. And it also has some phospholipids in there that are also really good, 1,000 milligrams or a gram of that. So anyway, it, it totally healed him, and he had cancer. He had H1N1. Um, and, you know, he had scurvy, vitamin C deficiency, and, and pneumonia so bad in both lungs they couldn't even see his lungs on the x-ray. So it was terrible. All the things wrong with him. And he was in a coma. You know, they wanted to, they put him in a coma, I believe, medically induced coma. 
So they do that a lot of times to people, and they claim that it is going to help them and stuff. So anyway, um, you know, he came out of all that, and he, he was he's well now, and he talks about vitamin C, and he says that is what saved his life. You know, that is what he needed was the vitamin C, and that was his problem was that all of the things that were wrong with him were caused due to his huge deficiency of vitamin C. So he he tells everybody that is what saves his life. And without the vitamin C, he would not be here. And he would not, I mean, he there's nothing even wrong with him. I mean, so he didn't have any kind of disabling, you know, conditions due to all those things that happened to him. So even cancer, you know, um, was the C word. He, he was healed of that. So anyway, check that out. His name is Alan Smith of New Zealand, and you can look it up. Read articles about him and go to go to YouTube and watch the 60 Minutes video from New Zealand about it. Okay, so now here is ascorbate, the science of vitamin C, and this is a, another great story. What is it about a little left-handed molecule of six carbons, six oxygens, and eight hydrogens that ticks off so many in the medical community? Maybe it's cases like this one, Ray. A health professional I know had an 11-month-old son who was very sick for over a week. No one, and I mean no one in their family, had had any sleep in a long time. They were up night after night with this child who had a high fever, glazed, watery eyes, tons of thick, watery mucus, and labored breathing. The child would not sleep and did little else but cry. The baby was under the care of a pediatrician who, in the infant's 11 months on earth, had already prescribed 12 rounds of some some very serious antibiotics. So this is an 11-month-old baby had already been given 12 rounds of very serious antibiotics. And those are not good. Um, The more you get them, the more likely you are to get cancer, for instance, and it gets your yeast out of balance in your body. Also, antibiotics, you know, kill the good bacteria in your body as well as the bad, which causes even the even worse bacteria to, you know, invade your body a lot of the time. And the bacteria, the bad bacteria, to become immune to these antibiotics that, that you're given, so that this child was given. So... Um, that they clearly were not working these very serious antibiotics, 12 rounds of them, and antibiotics means against life, okay? That was all too apparent to Ray, and that's the health professional, who out of desperation tried, you know, decided to try something he previously had been taught to not try, bowel tolerance quantities of oral ascorbate, Okay? That is vitamin C and baking soda mixed in water. It, it becomes um, ascorbic acid first. It's the, the crystalline vitamin C powder that is mixed in the water, and then baking soda is added to it, and then it becomes sodium ascorbate. Um, so that's, a, that's, for instance, one kind of, you know, this oral ascorbate they're talking about. And that's the kind most people use. And they even give it through IV um, so, but when it's given through IV, you're only able to use 19% of it. So, um, Ray and his wife gave their body, their baby, I'm sorry, some vitamin C about every 15 minutes. As a result, 
the baby was noticeably improved in a matter of hours and slept through the night. Remember that they hadn't slept in a long time. No one, no one in the family, because this child was so sick for over a week. He was 11 months old, baby. And so the the baby was noticeably improved in a matter of hours and slept through the night. With frequent doses continuing, the child was completely well in 48 hours. And Ray calculated that the baby had received just over 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C per kilogram of body weight per day. This is even more than what Dr. Frederick Robert Klinner, who I, I read some of the foreword to a book I have to you last week written by him. He's a legendary doctor that used vitamin C on his own, I know his own child um, or children and his patients. And he got rid of polio, you know, and, and he got people well of just so many different illnesses, ailments, diseases, et cetera, with vitamin C. And he, as a standard, gave it to every patient that walked in, you know, to the door that was sick. Whatever was wrong with them, immediately they were given vitamin C. And it helped tremendously before their history was even taken, which, you know, People may think that's not smart to do, but it, it seemed to work for him. Um, anyway, so this is even more than what Dr. Frederick Robert Klinner customarily ordered for sick patients. So the baby received just over 2,000 milligrams, that's two grams, just over two grams of vitamin C per kilogram body weight per day. So that's per kilo, kilogram, I'm sorry, of body weight per day. Um, I think that's like a little over two pounds is a kilogram. So anyway, um, with such a little body, you have to marvel at where all of it was going. Of course, it is the opinion of those who promulgate the USRDA and related nutritional mythology that almost all of that baby's vitamin C went uselessly into the toilet. So that's what they tell you is that, you know, if you take more than the RDA, it's just going to, you're just going to excrete it. Um, but really, the more you need vitamin C, the less you will excrete, you know, in your urine, et cetera. So that's one way to tell if you're deficient in it. Um, Ray and his wife would tell you differently. They would say that their child soaked it up like a sponge and then promptly got better. And the sicker you are, the more vitamin C normally your body needs. So. Um, for the layman, unable to obtain intravenous vitamin C, one of the most important parts of Hickey and Robert's new book, and I don't know, it's probably not new now, but it was new when this was written, and the book is called Ascorbate, The Science of Vitamin C, and it's by Hickey and Robert. That's the last names of the two authors. Its attention, the most important part is its attention to oral administration, so giving it by mouth, Divided dosing, so dividing up the doses, how to do that, absorption, how much the body is able to absorb, and vitamin C retention time in the bloodstream. With simple graphs and uncomplicated language, the authors illustrate how high oral doses of vitamin C yield higher blood levels of the vitamin and how dividing the oral doses maintains those higher levels. Although initially seeming obvious, almost too obvious to mention, 
These are not self-evident concepts. Government-based intake standards such as the RDA hinge on ignoring these concepts. So um, I know it's about time for a break, so if it is and Frank is ready to start music, then I can pick this up on the other side. But I'll tell you more about that, about that book, and and uh, how that would be a really good book to get. And who knows, maybe we can offer it uh, on AVR in the future or something. But anyway, it's Hickey and Robert's book, Ascorbate, the Science of Vitamin C. So that would be a great book to get if one wanted to learn more about vitamin C and so many different things about all the nitty-gritty, you know, how much to use, how often to use it, the retention time in the bloodstream, the, you know, divided dosing, oral administration, all those things, and um, the absorption factor and stuff like that. So that would be one good book to have in one's health library, and, and I'd like to get it. I don't have that book myself, so I would really like to, to get that book. And it comes highly recommended by a doctor that I like, Dr. Andrew Saul, S-A-U-L, and his website is doctoryourself.com, so check that out too. No, D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F.com, doctoryourself.com, I highly recommend that site, although I don't agree with every single thing he says or anybody says, and I haven't even been able to read every single thing he does say on there. Um, or listen to every word he's ever said. But for the most part, I totally agree with everything I have seen, and I think he's got really good information. So, And he's a big vitamin C proponent. So check out DrYourself.com, and also that book, A Score Base, The Science of Vitamin C is a good one. So we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
affect strokes. Um, they have aneurysms and blood clots because they really have scurvy, but, you know, the doctors are never going to tell you that, that it's from vitamin C deficiency. So the possibility that subclinical scurvy causes chronic disease has enormous implications for health. In setting the RDA, unsubstantiated risks of taking too much vitamin C have been accorded great importance, whereas the risks of not taking enough have been ignored. Real scientists understand that no scientific proof is a fancy way of saying, we don't like this idea. Furthermore, there is no clear mechanism for the, the RDA to be modified when you science, you know, scientific evidence emerges. So this is a great book, Ascorbate, the Science of Vitamin C. It's, it's highly recommended by somebody that I like as a doctor, Dr. Andrew Paul, Saul, I'm sorry, S-A-U-L, of DrYourself.com. So I want to get that book, and I trust what he says about, you know, it being a really good book to get about vitamin C. So that's another one that you may want to check out and add to your health library. And it could have, and I'm sure it does, have a lot of life-saving information in there that could heal, you know, you, your loved ones, your children, your family, or your neighbors, your pets, your livestock, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, after checking with your doctor, your vet, and all those things, and doing the research, you know, you may decide vitamin C is something you want to check out and, and start learning more about and using that's what Frank and I do, and, and I have checked it out, and I'm learning more and more all the time, and I've been reading about it for years, researching about it for years now, and I'm so thankful that I, I happened to learn about it, um, and so I'm trying to share that with y'all to help you out, and, you know, I believe it's, it's a life-saving thing. That's why I do try to share it with you. So, Sorry about the problems audio-wise. I didn't know if I was on the air or not. I couldn't hear myself on my headphones for many minutes, but it's fixed now, so thanks to Frank. Anyway, coming up next is Frank for two hours live, and he'll have a guest the second hour, so stick around for that. He's the owner of AVR. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. I'll give you more on vitamin C next time. God bless you all.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.